Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head-on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Welcome, everyone. It's that time again. You're listening to Arise Esther. And today, once again, I have the elite of the elite, extreme, wonderful guests that I can't wait to introduce you to. And so let me introduce properly my guest. She is the founder of Marketers on a Mission, training Christian authors and speakers and writers to become change catalysts for the kingdom of God. I want to ask her about that. She's a recognized expert in both online marketing field and Facebook live programs. My guest today has hosted over 560 minute interviews with Christian writers and speakers, and she's a certified writers and speakers coach with the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association otherwise known as Asa. She's a contributing author in the just released book, and I hear it's amazing, by Deb DeArmond. We may be done, but we're not finished making the rest of your life the best of your life. This is a book for women 50 and older. It's fabulous. And she's a regular faculty member for the Christian Writers and Speakers Conference across the country, as well as monthly columnists for almost an author, the blog, and The Right Life, both serving Christian writers. She's been a Bible teacher for 20 years, and my guest has also homeschooled her two daughters. So anyone who homeschools gets an award in my book. And today they are married. They've given her and her husband, David, four delightful grandchildren. Please welcome to the program today, Patricia Durgan. Hey, Patricia. Hello, hello, hello. So wonderful to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm eager to dive in and learn more about you and your story. And we're going to do that. So as we get started, I liked that phrase in your bio. I want to ask about it. You train Christian writers and speakers to become change catalysts. What does that mean? That means that I help my audience reach reach more people with the gospel mm-hmm. by marketing their message. Oh yeah. <clears throat> we have and to you- get it out there. We can't just sit at home with our book in our lap and hope somebody's going to knock on the door and buy our book. We have to take it into the marketplace, but there's a way to do that. That glorifies God. That's what I teach. That is so awesome. Thank you for saying that, you know, because so many people, they, they turn into humble pie after they write this book and they have this message and then they say, oh, I don't want to market myself. Well, do you, how are people going to find you? But you're saying there's a right way to do that. Yes. Wonderful. Absolutely. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about all of that, but also your situation. You know, you say no matter your situation, God still has a big dream for you. Talk to me about that. What does that mean? It's a wonderful gift that he gives us. Even in the dark times, he still 
using that and our response to that dark time or heavy time or sad time, whatever the case may be, um, to mold us and shape us in a way that we will be more effective for him, but not as robots. We'll be deeper in, in deeper relationship with him. We'll know him better. He already knows us completely, but yeah. there are aspects of his character that we don't know until we go through those dark passages alone. And he keeps just showing up every time. And we become tethered to him in a way that we had not been tethered to him previously. I love that word, tethered to God in a way we haven't been. So well said. And you don't just talk about this from a head knowledge. You have personal experience. You and your husband in the summer of 2017, you had a situation. What happened? Well, my husband and I had been investing wisely for decades so that we could have a, a, a savings reserve. We could retire early and serve in the ministry for full time. We'd served in our local churches and in other areas and so forth, but we wanted to ditch the, the job, the regular nine to five, and we wanted to go, and whether it was local, regional, or international, we wanted to follow him into the mission world. <clears throat> so... Um, <laughs> There was a little glitch along the way. Shall uh -oh. we say. Uh, at his leading, we bought a business. We took our, we took what we had and we bought a business with it. And that was in his obedience. He led us right through every step. And then the business failed after two years, taking every asset that we had with it. Now we're business people okay. for decades, okay. but when your heart is engaged, it's hard to think logically sometimes. Yes, true. He knew we were going to, you know, he knew how we were going to respond. And he just kept leading us through that process. And eventually it failed. And the only thing that we had left was our home, our family, and Jesus. Mm, we wow. had been wealthy. And poof, we were no longer wealthy. Mm. And it was because we obeyed him, not because we dissipated. Can I just say that a lot of people feel like, especially Christians feel like, well, who have never experienced problems. There's no such thing. We have a tendency to think, well, you know, if you hadn't done that, then you wouldn't have gotten in that trouble. But sometimes he leads us into the darkness and he walks with us there and he teaches us things about himself there. Uh, and we come out on the other side, a changed person, better and more passionate about him than we were before the event occurred. Yes. You know, God says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And that almost feels unfathomable, but that God would lead you into something that we in our humanity would say it didn't work. It was a failure, but in the kingdom of God, I hear you saying it produced exactly what God wanted it to. Is that what you're telling me? I am telling you that. And Jesus Christ obeyed and he died. Yeah. He, he, he rose again. Yeah, <clears throat> but he died. So everything isn't guaranteed. Obedience doesn't guarantee roses. Mm. It guarantees a closer walk with him. This is a tough message because we want to have victory and abundance and wealth. Like, I don't want to go through the crucible. I don't want to feel what it's like. You know, I don't want to be led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness like Jesus was. Yeah. Welcome to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, so you and your husband take all of you, all your savings, all you have, and, and you know, now 
you know what it's like to be wealthy and to not have to worry about things. You invest in a business. It has, it, it, it goes belly up or whatever you want to say. And now what? You're there. You have no resources. I mean, are you in the food line or do you have jobs? What do you, now what? I was serving people and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I was serving people, but I was not making enough income to support the family. <clears throat> and he provided, we didn't have uh, to be, to be just somewhat naked. We didn't have money for groceries. Yeah. Uh, so it was so surreal because we, we weren't jet setters, but we had all the money that we needed and more. And sure. then we didn't have enough money to go buy milk. Mm. And mm. it was again, it was because he took us to that place. So really you can't say, well, God let me down because we knew he told us to go there mm -hmm. and we knew he was with us. That wasn't our first dark time, but that was the big kahuna dark time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that is a dark time. I have to acknowledge that and agree with you. I'm like petrified at the thought of that. Um, and, and I've come from the other place. I, in, in a lot of my adult life, you know, we were lower middle class or whatever. And then God gave me another opportunity after the loss of my husband and my first marriage. And in my second situation to be in a place that I'm very, very well provided for. And I'm like, who the stress, that relief to go backwards. I get anxiety thinking about that. I mean, certainly I would trust God, but how did you hang on to your faith? How were you not mad at God? Well, I was reared in abuse mm. and Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me okay. and the freedom and the healing that he offered. It took years and years and years. Then he just kept molding me and wooing me and loving me and encouraging me and correcting me. <clears throat> so mm. I knew there was no better deal in town than Jesus when this occurred. <clears throat> um, I, where could I have gone? Where could I have gone? Nobody else even would help me or could help me. And he could. So I'm sold out to Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm glad of that. He, he walked with us and helped us. And um, he, he gave me two uh, special, special um, elements, things. One was my Bible. Now, every good Christian, whatever that means to you, has a Bible. But from my history, I, I soaked in it, um, the, the lies and the myths and the, the gunk that comes from that uh, abusive environment mm -hmm. lingers for decades and it can linger for our entire life. He always wants to set us free from those. Yes. And he did that. But as that process was happening, her, she was worn out and well loved her. The front of her cover was gone. Most of Genesis was gone, you know, and I could open up. It was one of those Bibles that you've used so often. You could just open it up and there's your favorite passage. You don't have to look it up. It just opens. Off. I have that Bible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And don't you feel so close to your Bible? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a physical, tangible comfort. It's like our, our little uh, security blanket, but it's filled with the words of God. Yes. So you yes. had your Bible. I had my Bible. And I also had that year that we had the troubles. Mercy Me, the Christian group, song group, came released, even if. Mm. And that song, I've got a link for anybody who might be interested in sharing it with when you share the other links. Sure. It is a life changer. And I clung to it. I just clung to it. 
and I would have dark times and I would have uh, what I, really what happened for me with all the weird stuff that had happened throughout my life because of other people's choices. <clears throat> when this occurred, not only did we lose our funds, we were, we were reared in lower middle class than middle class and Lord had moved us up. He had, he had, as my husband was accomplished and I was accomplished, we grew and grew and grew both, both spiritually and financially. And then we lost, we lost everything. And mm -hmm. so for us, we didn't just lose our money, which can be replaced. We lost our future, Dawn. Yes, I hear that. We lost our future. There was, there was nothing there. The, the plan was gone. The possibilities were gone. The resources were gone. Um, and I clung to my Bible and listened. Every time that song would come on, I would just cry and cry and just jump up and lift my hands up. And, you know, just I still believe. I still That's believe. Mm -hmm. Those were my two foundations. You know, um, do you remember Russ Taff? you know, the Imperials, but he sang a song when he went solo and it's called, I still believe. And I hung on to that song in such dark times in my life. So I'm identifying what you're saying with that phrase right there. I still believe I choose you, God. I still believe, but I've also known people who have had business reversals and things turn upside down and they've lost everything or they eat. I've even known people who have had their retirement stolen through Ponzi schemes and many of them tell me that they really suffered with some depression and, and a loss of um, their self-esteem. They felt like failures. Did you experience any of that? Um, we, I, my husband was affected differently than I was. So I'll let him answer for himself one day. Uh, but we, we were strong Christians. He yeah. was born into a strong Christian family. I was, I was um, what, are they, what, what is it we call when we take the, take the branch and we, and we put yeah, it grafted, in. Grafted in. Grafted in, I was grafted in, and so grateful. <clears throat> I didn't experience depression long term, but when we realized what the situation was, and the blinders finally came off, and it was a kindness from him that they did, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't speak for three days. Mm. I just wasn't even able to speak. I was just processing, and it was just, it was, you know, you just can't go there. <clears throat> uh, but long term, I didn't have depression. Um, because I've overcome with his help, I've overcome a lot worse things than that as bad as that is. Yeah, I didn't have anybody trying to beat me up at night, or I didn't worry, suffer for my life. You know, am I going to live through the night? You know, I just had lost my money. <laughs> Relatively speaking, that's not too bad. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Yes. And you're right. That's perspective. And then, um, that Christmas, your pastor had a special service or a sermon and he issued a startling invitation. Yes. Tell me about that. I'm going to read just a little bit from the book. He was doing his normal, let's give from deep pockets at Christmas and help the needy. And we normally took part in that with great joy. And we didn't even have $5 stuffed in the back of our sock drawer. There was literally nothing we could get. And, but in his wisdom, I believe that the Holy Spirit gave him this because I've been to church a long time and I have never heard anybody say this. This is directly from the book we'll talk about here in a minute. <clears throat> if you're in a time of financial need yourself, Give sacrificially of your gifts instead. Isn't that deep? That's deep. <laughs> yeah, that's deep. That, and the light just went on for me. I was like, 
I completely understand exactly what I'm supposed to do now, Lord. I just, I just, in an instant, that's the only, you know, when he communicates, you've got the whole picture sometimes. And that's the way it was for him. That's, boy, I got chills when you said that. And so no matter what your situation, God still has a big dream for us. And God had a big dream for you because you weren't yet in this arena. Were you, were you, did you have your mission marketing business and what were you, what, what happened next? How did you get involved in this? Um, I um, served adult survivors of childhood abuse for 30 years. And then oh, that's the Lord just, arena. Oh, oh, the I Lord am. removed me from that ministry. And I, I had always thought that I would just die serving those people. Those were my people. Yeah. And he said, so I went to a neutral zone. He gave me 18 months to, to grieve and change and help understand where are we going now what's happening now i know my life isn't over so where are we going <clears throat> and he had given me pre- previous in previous years and a yearning to n- learn marketing i didn't even know you know i just was interested in it then he developed an aptitude for it and by the time the pastor gave us that invitation to give of your gifts instead of your if you don't have funds when that happened i knew that i was supposed to offer my online marketing skills for free in in his name and and it, everything changed not immediately but long term everything changed for me and my my business and ministry wow and now online marketing because that is very expensive it tends to be expensive how did you know that so jesus is asking you to give it away for free and so you took another crazy leap of faith <laughs> and said yes god and what was the biggest obstacle that was standing in your way nobody knew me nobody Uh knew me i had had private clients i've been serving for years and years like my over 10 years so they knew me and family and friends but family and friends are not in our god-given audience yeah they love us and support us and encourage us and buy our books say that again (laughs) they are not our audience (laughs) They are not our God-given audience. So how could I reach that group of people? I had no way to do that. Um, I'm vision impaired, so I can't drive and go build an audience by speaking in the local or the regional area. The typical ways that other people can do things, I'm not able to move freely about uh, on my own. So this new thing came online called Facebook Live. (laughs) And in those years, this is early 20, February, 2018, March, 2018, <clears throat> just not even a full year since we'd lost everything. And uh, he said, I want you to do that. I have any idea what I was doing. I've taught for years and years and years and years and years, but I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And Facebook live at that time was not the juggernaut that it is now. It yeah. was not in its infancy, but maybe prepubescent. Um, and I got on and I started talking and sharing about online marketing. And that became an interview program where I interviewed Christian writers and speakers for an hour, every single, every day for 25 months, every, excuse me, every weekday for 25 months, I read an entire book. <clears throat> I did the research for each guest. I hosted them. They were fabulous. We had interaction. It was great. And we also, at the end of each program, we had a marketing 
training of some kind, just 10 or 15 minutes. So they were sharing from their wisdom. I was growing. My audience was growing. They were developing new members, new readers. You know, people were getting to know them on a personal level as well as professional level. So I'm jumping ahead, I think. But everybody, everyone benefited from it. And it was all on Facebook Live and it was all for free. Nobody was charged anything. That's tremendous. And it's such a, again, advancing the kingdom of God. It is a mission because we're speakers, we're writers, and we serve a community of speakers and writers. And we all want to know, how can I get this word out? I've got this message burning inside of me. I've taken time to write this book, but nobody knows about it. So today you serve Christian speakers and writers and how, what, how do you do that? What, how does it look today? Well, currently I have a free face, free private Facebook group for Christian writers and speakers. Um, that information will be shared later. And uh, this is not for beginners, but you don't have to be well on your way. You have to have some idea who your audience is and your message and so forth. You don't have to be in motion. If you want somebody to help you from the get-go, then this is not the group for you. If you're already in motion and you need help with strategy and training and understanding how technical things work and capturing your message, and it's most succinct and effective, then this would be a good fit for you. Um, I also offer um, um, paid courses and private coaching, both small group and one-on-one. And I'm creating a course, or excuse me, fixing to offer a course called, <clears throat> excuse me, um, grow, your, uh, grow, grow Your Platform, The Six Essentials. Build your platform, The Six Essentials. Everybody, <laughs> there are some things that everybody who's online, Christian, not Christian, non-Christian, business or ministry, man or woman, there are six essentials that you have to have in place if you want to build an infrastructure that will stand the test of time. Ooh, I'm so, that's what I teach in that course. Oh, that uh, that's I'm so curious. And that is so worth I'm not going to ask you to give it away for free right now. But I'm so curious about that. So we need to take that course, y'all, everybody listening. What's the name of the course again? Build your platform, the six essentials. Okay. All right. Come on, everybody. We got to get that in. And I, I know that because you give away things for free, but you're not opposed to receiving financial benefit from what you do because this is important and it's uh worthy the worker is worth their wages you know so god bless you as you give it away but where do you suggest that someone starts if they've got this big god dream inside of them and they wonder how to step into it well they can join my facebook group if they are in motion already in motion, as we right but if the motion not, looks like clarity and maybe already a manuscript or what does that look like? It could be several different things. They could be working on their first manuscript. We have people in our Facebook group who have published 80 books. We have people who are just launching their first book. So they have to, and speakers who are just getting their feed under them, you know, structurally and building their audience in real life and online. So, but they need to be doing something already because we don't, we don't start from zero. There's too much to do. Okay. There's, there would be a big gap and it wouldn't be very helpful to them, but that's where I started, Dawn. I started with Nobody knew my name, but my family and friends and the few private clients that I was serving, they didn't know me. I went on live following God's 
instructions. I went on live and I started teaching what I knew and then I invited other people to join me and teach something they knew. And together we went and we made a big difference in the audience's life. And we, we made an impact for the kingdom of God in those two years. So if someone's listening or watching today yeah. and you're just like, I don't even know what the first step is. Okay. So here's the first step. Review your history, review the conversations, specifically the God conversations that you've had through the years. Okay. This is not with your family and friends. They're lovely. This is not who they are. Okay? <laughs> We're shelving them temporarily. Love you. We need to put you on the shelf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So collectively though, we don't start serving tomorrow. We didn't start serving tomorrow. And we have a book idea to, to today. It's not the way it works. It's often very gradual. So look back into your history and ask the Holy Spirit to, to revive those memories and ask him to help you see those people in your imagination and hear those conversations again. Who are those people that when you're talking to them or afterwards, you know, God orchestrated that conversation. Okay. And here's the pat. There are patterns within this. So the people that you, if you take, take them collectively, they have the same or a similar problem that you have already been delivered from. He delivered you in part for your sake and in part for your audience's sake. So you can go back into the darkness or, uh, and say, oh, I know the way out. Jesus Christ guided me out and now he's allowing me to guide you out. Let's go. Then they're free they're free and they turn to do the same thing. Some of, you know, a percentage of them do the same thing. So who are those people that you've had God conversations with and what kind of questions do they consistently ask you? We've all been, if we're sensitive in our spirit, we've all been to a gathering or an event at church or work or anywhere. And we can see somebody from across the room or even just engage with them to say hello. And we know instinctively through the Holy spirit. Oh yeah. You mean, you mean, yeah. <clears throat> Don't you need somebody to hear your story and I'm the one or the Lord wants you to hear my story so you can have hope and encouragement. So he orchestrates those conversations. What are they about? What kind of questions do they ask you? Huh? What kind of information do you do, do you give them? So the people themselves are your audience. The people in those God conversations, they're your audience. Your content or your message is based upon what they ask you. Mm -hmm. As you answer their questions, and you've done this for years, maybe you didn't even realize, it, but you were ministering to people in the parking lot at church, it's children's church. <laughs> right. And you help them, help them, help them, and he's glorified. Right. Wow. So wonderful. I want to get in your Facebook group. Um, you and I discovered earlier, or, or maybe it was when we first started this, that, you know, we both had the same audience at one point. I'm a, a survivor of childhood abuse as well and write books for that population. But um, another group of people that are I'm very, very passionate about is I help women 40 and older how to live a bold, brave and audacious second half of life so they can flourish in their body, soul, and spirit. And you have just participated in a book that is exactly yes. that same thing. The book is called, we may be, there it is. We may be done, but we're not finished. We may be done, done with child rearing, done with, but we're not finished. Is that what it's about? Talk yes. to us about your book. Yes. Yes, yes. This is a compilation of compilation. over 50 women who are in that age range, 50 plus, 
And there has been something, something has occurred and it has forced or invited change into their life. And this happens to everyone. But the author, Deb DeArmond, gathered stories from each of us and fashioned them into a book so that it walks people through the change and just tells our story. It's so wonderful to hear someone else share something that's similar to our story, particularly when we're isolated or the enemy's been gnawing on our neck, saying you're never going to make it, you're never going to amount to anything, all the lies that he brings to our right. to the table. As those birthdays click by, the possibilities seem to shrink. And Jesus says, no, baby, no, no, no. Come sit with me. Come sit with me. Let's talk a while. You're not, you may be finished with that part of your life, but you, you're, you're not finished with life itself. I've still got a big dream for you. We cannot be too old for Jesus to work through us. It's not Beautiful. possible. Amen. That's exactly right. You know, um, I don't normally do this, but your temperament, your tenacity, you are the kind of a woman that I just love and want to spend time with and want to learn from and, and glean from. And you got some grit to you and, and you've been through some things and you have so much to offer. And you mentioned, I, and when I met you, I had such a joy to meet you at this conference we just were at. And you had that badge on there that says I'm visually impaired. And I love that. Um, I, I, and as we talk, we didn't talk about this, but I, um, I also have, I'm extremely nearsighted. I just had one eye repaired, but that's another thing that you walk through life. And yet you have such joy. You're such an overcomer. You have such a power about you and an anointing on your life. Well, thank you very much. But it's him. I, I have nothing. I have nothing, nothing, nothing to offer until he filled me with his love. Yes. It's so apparent. It's just so apparent. And I just want to speak blessing and favor and increase and anointing over your life. And that um, I just believe in my heart. I was going to say, I don't do this, but I just believe I have such a sense and a word from God. I just believe that you're about to go into a new arena that's just going to explode. Everything that you've lost, you didn't lose. It was a seed that went in the ground. One seed that produced such an enormity. There is such increase coming into your life. There is such a harvest coming into your life. It's almost like I hear God saying, just tell her to hang on, steady yourself because here it comes. I mean, I'm just so Praise thrilled for you. God's just with you. I accept that. I accept that blessing and I praise him for it. Thank you, Father. Yes. Amen. So those who've been listening, they got to listen into two sisters encouraging each other because I just feel so connected to you. But I want to say, as we close, I mean, thank you for your life of faith. What would you say to someone who has just lost it all and they don't know if they're going to keep on keeping on? For the first thing I'll say is that I'm not going to offer you any cliches. Jesus never offers cliches. And I'm so glad. Yeah. What, what matters to you? What do you hold on to in previous times when there was seemed to be nothing to hold on to? Is that your Bible? Is that a favorite inspirational book? Is that your child, a teddy bear from third grade? What is it that gives you comfort when other things don't? Mm -hmm. 
go there, be with that person, that item, that resource, go there, be there, give yourself time to be immersed in that comfort zone. Because life is hard, really hard right now. There are no answers. There are only questions. So just accept and embrace the comfort that he has already offered you and, and do that now for this time. And as you wait and peace begins to settle, and typically according to what, this, what the level of pain or discomfort is, that may take 30 minutes, but most for most of us, it, it might take 30 days or six years. We never know at the front end. And that's another reason why we get so discombobulated. <laughs> Every chance you get, go to that comfort. Mm -hmm. And he will be there with you. He will be there. He's with you in the darkness, but he is so with you in the comfort, in the comfort. He will not leave you. The enemy takes us to the desert, strips us bare naked, and leaves us and laughs at us. Even when Christ is correcting us and he takes us to the desert, it seems like he's left us. No, he hasn't left us. He's just moved out of our line of sight. (laughs) He wants to be out of our line of sight, doesn't he, Dawn? For our growth. But he's still watching over us. He's still wooing us. He's still loving us from a distance. When you're ready and he knows you're ready, your heart is ready to turn, whatever that means, to give up the lie, if that was what what the obstacle was, if it's to begin again, it takes time to even contemplate beginning again. Especially as the older you get, we have more experiences like, I can't go through that again. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, yes. Go where the comfort has been throughout your life. And uh, hopefully it'll be one consistent person or resource or thing. And if it's changed, just go get a whole bunch of them, get all the stuff and put it in your bed with you. Sleep with it, baby. I was <laughs> sleeping in my Bible. Oh my goodness. I was just sleep with it. And it gave me comfort just sleeping with it. And not because I'm holy, but I, that was the closest I could get to him physically. And I just had to have that. I had to have that. Yes. Um, I, I have to say though, and I don't mean to hurt, Whatever you're going through, he will see that it's worth it. And that won't be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He will see that it's worth it. Yeah. Your life and you, the quality of your life, the quality of your relationship with him, and perhaps other people will be better, stronger, deeper, and more clear mm-hmm. than it has ever been. He's not inviting you to the darkness to put you down and to um, what smash your face into the pain. Yeah. No, no, no. He's inviting you. Come on, come on. I know it's hard. I know it may be scary. I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. Hold on to the comfort that you have until you hear him. You can hear him again. Say, I'm still with you, babe. I'm still with you. I still love you. I'm still proud of you. We're going to move through this together and there will come a day that you will be out of that cave and then there will be healing and then he may he doesn't invite everyone or maybe he does maybe you will be one of the people in a christian communicator writer or speaker and he will invite you to do what he invited so many others to do now i want you to go back into the cave where it was scary but i'm with you the whole time and by this time you're healed you're you've been gone through the process you're healed and you're strong now again stronger than you ever were 
And he says, now I want you to go back and we're going to go together. And I want you to walk into that darkness. And I want you to get my people out. And I want you to bring them back out into the light and let them enjoy my freedom too. Yes. So good. You will know that you've gone through the whole cycle, haven't they, Dawn? So good. Yes. And I'm just, um, you don't know this, but I just concluded a chapter of my life. Two weeks ago, I just preached my last sermon in um, my church. I'm a pastor, lead pastor, and I just retired from full-time lead pastoring to go into my next uh, purpose with God. But it's just that, it's like, just that moment where I'm like, God, I just need your comfort to know that I know you've led me. I know I've heard from you. There's some pain there. Like it's sad. Closure is hard, but um, I'm following you and you're just so good. And the words that you're speaking are just ministering to me in a very special way, but for others too, who say for such a time as this, I'm moving into a new arena. I'm stepping out. It's scary. If there's an unknown, I'm taking my blanket with me. <laughs> but, uh, and he doesn't matter. He? God. Yeah. <laughs> he makes room for the blanket too, doesn't he? I just, I'm taking it with me. I'm taking my Bible, my blanket, and my paddle ball game for those <laughs> who know. <laughs> going with you, God. So, anyways. This is an amazing. I could talk to you all day. You're you're such a wonderful woman, and um, thank you for being on. I know I got to bring it to a close, but I want to. I'd like to have you on again. I feel like I'm going to do something with you in the future. I do. As we've been talking, that same thought crossed in my mind. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but we're going to do something together. Okay, Father, we accept whatever that is. Yes, we know you're going to guide us. Yes, it was okay. divine, and I because I don't cry. And you got me in tears, so I don't know what it is. Oh, well, this has been wonderful. I'm so thankful that you've been with us. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your, um, you, you literally, you know, whatever you went through and all that you've gone through, God is definitely using it for this next generation. And we thank you for that. And for those of you listening in, all of you people who got to eavesdrop on a very wonderful personal conversation. Thank you for joining us. I have a question for you, all you modern day Esters who are listening. Is this perhaps your moment to arise, to answer the call of God, and to say yes to this leap of faith that God might be requiring of you? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at ariseester.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit dawndamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising, this is your moment.